Good morning, Delaware. Hope you are having a wonderful Friday here in July. Hard to believe we are almost well, more than halfway through the month of July. We've only, yeah, oh yeah, July. And then Summer Reading Club, we've only got like a week left. That's amazing. I know. How does time go so quickly? I don't know. It needs to stop. <laughs> no, it does not need to stop. Well, that would sure. Be, that, the, the, the theological implications alone would be staggering. <laughs> so, anyway. And we maybe are, not today. Maybe in another era, another day. <laughs> <laughs> we are here today with Joni Calum. Good morning, Joni. Good morning. Joni is going to be performing at the Delaware County Library, uh, the main library, on Wednesday, July 27th, doing Oceans of Possibilities, Songs and Stories. And we're going to get at least one of those songs in the second half of the show. So we are so happy to have you with us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. And that's Gage Tellus behind the board. Good morning. Happy Friday. And of course, thanks to our friends at the library for being our sponsor. So, Nicole, what have you been reading, listening to, binging on? Well, I just got back from a beach vacation. And when I was on my beach vacation, I did a lot of reading. Um, but I'm I'm saving, you know I love a good nonfiction book. Um, but I'm saving the nonfiction book that I read for next week because my book club is meeting to talk about it um, this weekend. And I want to make sure that I have their opinions meshed with my <laughs> opinions before I give you all of that. <laughs> so that's coming next week. But um, while we were at the beach, we visited... Um, Ripley's Aquarium, which is in Myrtle Beach at mm-hmm. the at the Broadway at the beach, and my daughter, both of my daughters, met a mermaid while they were at Ripley's Aquarium. <laughs> and um, my older daughter, when she was meeting the mermaid, she had a question for the mermaid because the camera wasn't working, so we were stalling for time, and which George and I know nothing about. Never, never. <laughs> and she said, "I have a question about waves." If no one is in the ocean, how do waves happen? And I was like, that's actually a really good question because she understands that if you if you drop water into water, it makes a ripple. But if no one's in the ocean, how do the waves happen? Mm. And the mermaid, I was like, oh, man, because yeah. this looks like some kid. You know, I was like, she's never going to get this. Well, I misjudged grossly because the mermaid must have been like an intern studying at Ripley's Aquarium who also was a good double as a mermaid and she was like I can give you three different answers for that question and so she said it has to do with air currents and she went on to talk about that it has to do with energy and she went on to talk about that and then it has to do with the pull of the moon and the tides yeah that's the one I knew I thought the moon (laughs) but then she added air currents and energy flow and I was like oh my gosh this girl (laughs) does so much so all that to say uh, on our on our website if you visit our catalog and you just like go to our catalog homepage um, you'll find lists that our staff members have made, and Caleb has done it again. He made another amazing list, Oceans of Possibilities, Nonfiction for Adults. And I thought that Wynn's question like just flew right perfectly into some of these books that Caleb has put together on this list, one of which being Expedition Deep Ocean. It was published in 2020 by Josh Young. It's the first descent to the bottom of all fives of the all five of the world's oceans. Um, wow. This is written by um, it's it's a chronicle of Victor Vescovo's quest to visit the deepest points in all five oceans. Um, Victor Vescovo is still alive today. He's 56 years old, and he's made this journey in his lifetime. Uh, he spent 20 years in the U.S. Navy, um, and then that really like catalyst was a catalyst to his interest in the the depths of the ocean. So Expedition Deep Ocean is a good one. Um, one that when I think would like when she grows up is the ominous ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, it is rogue waves, rip currents, and other dangers along the shoreline and in the sea. Uh, this one was just published this year by Gary Griggs, and it really talks about um, 
the hazards that the ocean is known for, but it uses uh, real-world examples and science to look at the dangers and explains how some just basic awareness and some preventative measures can lessen your risk immediately. Wow. Yeah. So Very I thought good. that that would be a good one. I need that book. Yeah. <laughs> that, one, that one was called The Ominous Ocean. Okay. There is um, another one about the depths of the ocean below the edge of darkness. This is a memoir of exploring light and life in the deep sea, and this is by Edith Whit- uh, Witter. Uh, she's 71. Um, um, a 2006 MacArthur Fellow, and she has spent her entire uh, lifetime studying uh, specifically deep sea bioluminescence, which is wow. always fascinating. And the last one is about this is a little bit of your 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 nonfiction thriller writing um, by Ian Urbana, Ian Urbina, or Ian Urbina. It's called The Outlaw Ocean, and it's journeys across the last untamed frontier. Um, he's a journalist. He's written for the New York Times and the Atlantic, um, but he has spent five years diving into the shady world of high seas crime Ooh. and so it's poaching it's vigilante conser- conservationists it's um oil dumpsters traffickers smugglers castaways wreck thieves um it's it's basically the ocean is too big to police and it's legally ambiguous uh and so it's you know the last of the lawless frontiers of our generation so those are just some recommendations in the ocean world it sounds like oceans of possibilities. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joni, I see you brought not one but two books with you. I did. Well, I'm always reading two books. Okay. <laughs> I can't. I got two going ex- right now too. Yeah. I, I think it, it does reflect my attention span as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, and you know, when Nicole first reached out to me, I was like, "Any books? Any <laughs> we don't we, judge." Yeah. Well, so and funnily enough, I finished one of them. I finished whatever it was I was reading when you first reached out to me. So this is, of course, I want to, you on the radio can't see this. Oh. <laughs> but, um, you know, I am, I am one of those people that when you play the game of what are three things that no one would know about you and only two of them are true. Uh-huh. So um, one of those things is that I'm actually Israeli. Um, and nobody knows that because I don't sound that way. Mm-hmm. And um, so this is, um, it's translated as when heroes fly. Um and it's and this is all going to connect to oceans of possibility. I'm going to bring it back. Sure. Okay. So, um, so it actually I have um, just picked up the book, but the, it was a television series, and it was um, actually the first Israeli television and probably theater in general exploration of PTSD. Okay. Oh. Um, which is of course a huge deal in nice. that part of the world mm-hmm. um, for anybody living in that part of the world. And then, ironically, the other book that I'm reading is also about trauma. And I'm going to bring this all back to Oceans of Possibility, <laughs> believe me, um, is The Body Keeps the Score, which is amazing. And it's it's all about healing from mm-hmm. trauma, mm-hmm. which is where it comes into the whole Oceans of Possibility thing. And, and the other thing that people don't know about me is another hat that I wear is training teachers in invisible disabilities mm-hmm. and adverse childhood okay. experiences and PTSD. So that is why those are of interest to me. Um, and, you know, to me, the whole thing with trauma is there is the possibility of healing. Yeah. And so I, when I got the summer reading theme, the the program at the library has nothing to do with trauma. No, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, that's good to know. Yes, yes exactly. Um, but but that term, the oceans of possibility, to me is all about 
all those things that we think, you know, we're facing something hard, we can't do anything with, and yet we can. And we can ride a different wave. Oh, well done. Sometimes I get it. That was impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the the body keeps the scores. Do you know if When Heroes Fly has been translated into English? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't mean to throw you for a loop. I just was Um, wondering if you knew. It didn't look like it. Okay. There's always like there's always a little bit in English because I think that's part of the international publishing. Yeah, for the copyright and everything. Um, yeah. But the publishing information is just all in Hebrew. Okay. Interesting. Um, Excellent. Yes. Anyway, it's very good. So when it is translated, I highly recommend it. Thank Great. you. I think that series has been on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. And that, I knew and, it sounded familiar. Yeah. yeah. And and apparently. The series itself is a teeny tiny bit of the actual book. That's how it usually works. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Great. Well, thank you. Uh, my book is uh, The Cruelest Month by Louise Penny. And this is a tip mm-hmm. of the hat to our friend Hannah because she and my friend Jim McPeak, who's a retired librarian from up in the Cleveland area, both really pushed me to read Louise Penny. Yes. And mm-hmm. they were right. They're oh, absolutely good. right. This is Those the third book. Those are Hannah's favorite words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third book in the Chief Inspector Gamash series. Uh, it was the Agatha Award winner for Best Mystery of the Year in 2008. Um Chief Inspector Armand Gamache of the uh, Quebec Sûreté is assigned to his third case in the lovely, artistic, bucolic, but ultimately murderous village of Three Pines, Quebec, on the Canada-U.S. border. Um, This time, Gamache is looking into the death of a psychic during a seance. She was apparently scared to death during the seance. Um, This seance was held in... The house that's actually become almost like another character in the uh, Three Pines books, and that is the old Hadley house. It's how they, everybody always refers to it as the old Hadley house. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, they decide to hold the seance in the Hadley house, which was not a good idea. <laughs> Just take my word for it. It was not a good idea. Um, the psychic's been invited to come to Three Pines via an anonymous mail, but something in it really sparked her interest, and so she decided to come. And they, the seance was sort of a spur-of-the-moment thing created by one of the people who runs the, the B&B there. Um, when they, they thought, think at first it's just a heart attack, that she um, has literally been scared to death and had a heart attack. Then when they do the autopsy, they find a lethal substance in her body. Oh, no. So Gamash and his stalwart team are assigned to the case. Now, um, you have to say with uh, Gamash that his team is strange. It's, 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 he sort of takes the uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln approach, that kind of, uh, um, what do they call it, the team of rivals approach. So uh, he's, he likes to bring in people who are lost lambs in the Surete. And so you get people like um, who are not, you, you question their loyalties. You wonder why they're doing it and why is he putting up with some of the stuff from like his, this young detective, uh, Yvette Nicole, um, and at the same time, while he's trying to solve this mystery in Three Pines and he's trying to get his team to work together, there's powerful forces in the Surete who are trying to ruin him over a case he solved years ago, which happened to create some real problems for the Surete. Mm. And so he, how does he figure out how to come through all of this? Uh, and since there are 18 books in the series, you have to know that in book three, they don't kill him. <laughs> Good. Okay. I mean, that's just, it's like they never did. None of the killers ever just, you know, kind of shot Columbo. (laughs) So anyway, but Louise Penny is an amazing writer, uh, although she's 
it's firmly a genre writer. I mean, she works in the conventions and the mystery, she, but she weaves language so poetically and creating these mind pictures that rival any writer in any genre. Um, her descriptions of the village of Three Pines, like its resident poet and misanthrope Ruth Bardo, uh, the bohemian B&B owners Gabri and Olivier, uh, the artist Peter and Clara, the bookstore owner, and of course the old Hadley house itself, make every scene just come alive with excitement. So some people on Goodreads have sort of dissed this book, uh, claiming either the plot was too flim- flimsy or that the vendetta against Gamache was unbelievable, but I disagree with both of them. We've all seen how bureaucracies can be used to really mm. ruin somebody's life, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I don't think the plot was that, that far off. I'm really looking forward to continuing the series through the remaining 15 books, but my only hope is that the quality stays up because I've, re- I've gotten into too many series where you get to book about 10, mm-hmm. and they're just coasting. The I, I have a feeling that's not going to happen with her mm-hmm. because – um, she's been so popular for so long, but I've seen it. I'm not going to get into specifics, but some series just peter out and should have stopped after eight or ten books. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with this one. Now, speaking of see what happens, we will be back in just a few moments with Jeannie. Uh, G- uh, uh, I'm going to get this wrong. I was Johnny. trying so hard. Joni! Right? See, I don't write that clearly. Caleb, uh coming back in the second half of the show, so stay tuned. And welcome back to Off the Shelf. We are here with Joni Kalem who will be doing the presentation Oceans of Possibilities, Songs and Stories at the Delaware Community Room on Wednesday, July 27th at 6.30. And so tell us a little bit about what the program's going to entail now that we know that it is not going to be about trauma. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. No, no, you don't have to apologize. If I mean, you were going to do trauma, then you'd have to apologize. <laughs> uh, that I saved for my, t- my, t- my teacher training and professional development workshops. Um, uh, well, oceans of possibilities. So we've got lots of songs and stories about oceans. Have mm-hmm. does anybody here speak French? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Well, there. Correct. You don't. So there is a genre in folk tales called called Pourquoi Tales, okay, um, which are stories that answer the question, why? Mm-hmm. So we will be answering certain questions like, why don't elephants like the ocean? Mm. And why don't whales like the beach? Mm-hmm. We're also going to be answering um, the question of, why do rabbits have short tails? Oh. And we might get to, time dependent, we might get to, why is the ocean salty? Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah, mm-hmm. very important. Um, I do need to, we were discussing science and nonfiction before. I do need to let everybody know that generally uh, the answers provided by Pourquoi Tales would not pass mustard <laughs> in modern <laughs> day not laboratories. scientifically okay. no, no. accurate. No, 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 no. no. All right. um, at least not provable. Um, so, so we'll be doing a lot of those stories, a lot of songs and interactive um, I like to do songs which require community participation. Now that we've been warned about that, um, <laughs> and you are holding your guitar, I am. would you like to give us a sample of one I of those would. songs? I would. So, so this this um, this theme of oceans of possibility, right? You know that anything's possible. Well, that goes you know two ways. So, are 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 you all Ohio? Born and bred. And I am. I'm not, actually. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Oh, well, then this applies to Buffalo, New York as well. So uh, the Cuyahoga River mm-hmm. was infamous oh, yeah. for 
spontaneously bursting on fire. Yes. We had the Buffalo River, which did the same thing, but right. didn't get as much press. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, but the Hudson River in uh, New York got the press that the Buffalo River didn't yes. get. So this was a thing in the 70s. So, um, you know, I'm a folk musician. I spent time learning Pete Seeger songs. Oh, sure, yes. <laughs> and Pete Seeger started, for any of our listeners who don't know who Pete Seeger was, just look him up. He was a very famous folk musician. And um, he started a project called the Clearwater Project, mm -hmm. which uh, they built a ship and they sailed up and down the Hudson River, encouraging people to clean up the water and to stop polluting it. And they did manage to bring the Hudson River back. And oh. the Cuyahoga River also does not spontaneously burst into fire anymore. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. So there is always possibility when <laughs> right. things are bad of turning things around. And this is one of those songs. Okay. okay? And it's an echo song. Okay. But... Okay. It's also an intelligent... No, I shouldn't say it like that. It's um, <laughs> it's a riddle, okay? Ooh. Okay. So, so you got to do... You got to echo me at the beginning and then do the opposite of what I'm singing after that. So I'll, I'll do the first one as, a, as an example. We'll get it. You will. You absolutely will. <laughs> Guys, like this. Say... No, 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 go like that. Sailing up, sailing up, sailing down, sailing down, up, down, down, up, up and down the river, sailing on, stopping all along the way. Well, the river's dirty now, but she's getting cleaner every day. Got it? I think so. Okay. <laughs> so we'll do a different one besides sailing up, sailing down. Let's say sailing near, sailing far. Okay. okay. All right. All right. <laughs> sailing near, sailing far. Sailing far. Sailing near. No, you know, no, he had it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start again. So the beginning you echo. A beginning and then echo. you do the opposite. Ah, okay. okay. This, All right. We're just getting you ready for the children. Exactly. <laughs> well, absolutely. I actually make it easier for the children. Oh, I'm doing. I'm, do, I'm doing the grown-up version. Oh. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> Sailing near, sailing near, sailing far, sailing far, near, far, far, near, up and down the river, sailing on, stopping all along the way. Well, the river's dirty now, but she's getting cleaner every day. Okay, somebody give me another opposite. High and low. There we go. <laughs> but of course, the issue now is less rivers and more oceans. Right. right. We got to clean up the oceans. Yep. So <laughs> we're going to change a word. Sa what was the high and low? High and low? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the waves. There we go. Sailing high. Sailing high. Sailing low. Sailing low. High. Low. Low. High. Up and down the river. Sailing on. Stopping all along the way. Well, the ocean's dirty now, but we'll clean her up every day. And we could go on forever, but, <laughs> but we won't. <laughs> Thank that's you. great. Thank you. <laughs> so that's an old Pete Seeger song. My sister actually met Pete Seeger once. Really? Yeah. 
she was doing a union organizing meeting for the newspaper guild and he happened to be in town heard about it came in and sang a song he wrote in the 40s about the newspaper wow. guild and then walked out oh my god he gosh. was like in his so, 80s at the time it was yeah. amazing so yeah. yes oh anyway but enough about that yes so, <laughs> so how did you get started doing folk singing and all this how how uh, my parents were old union people there we go <laughs> again so, explains pete Seeger. Yep. yeah it does yeah so i used to joke um and this is a, probably an in joke for union people People, but my my lullabies, the things they the things they sang to me were things like Union Made. Oh yeah, Aww. you know. So like I didn't know. Hush, little baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, so when I started babysitting, you know, the parents are all like, "What are you singing?" Like, lullabies, no. Yeah, don't you know? <laughs> so, yeah, you, you've great. got a number of uh, CDs available for people, and I'm sure you integrate them into some of your different shows and things like that. You've got "Every Day Is Earth Day." I do. You've got "Rainbow of Color," "Dancing Through the Seasons," but you've also got a number of ones that I now know bring in your Israeli background. Right. Um, songs that go throughout the entire Jewish year um, are they all do they all come naturally to you are you a writer of all your own songs yeah I mean all of those CDs I think have one or two songs of friends or traditional songs mm-hmm. um, you know so I I definitely integrate both but I mostly write my own things because I always feel like I can play that stuff better than like other people can play other people's things way better than <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah are there songs about the Jewish year in Hebrew or in English? Both. Okay. So, you know, my first, when I first moved here from Israel, I mean, everything I knew was in Hebrew, except I was born in this country, obviously, mm-hmm. accent. Um, so I did know, you know, a certain amount of American music until the point I left, and then whatever made it over there. Um, but many you know my teaching career started there my performing career started there so it was all in hebrew mm-hmm. um so moving back here i had to <laughs> take a deep dive yes, into right. traditional american music and um, <laughs> which was fine which is fun you did a heck of a lot worse than pete seeger <laughs> <laughs> yeah really really that's great so yeah. and so um besides the uh, the song you just did what are, what are some of the other songs you'll be doing for the Oceans of Possibility program. Do you want to hear them, or should I just tell them? Do we have time for one more? If you want to perform, we would love to hear one Let's more. Let's do sure. it. Well, this is this is a um, pirate song. Ooh. Oh, okay. But it's um, it's a song that supposedly I wasn't there, but supposedly pirates used to use when they were swabbing down the deck, or you know, sewing up the sails, or <laughs> doing good non. Plundering pirate yes, things. Yes, okay. it was. A, right. It's a work song. The housework. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fixing the ropes. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and it was all about what helped them through the day. Okay. Okay. So of course, pirates are infamous for the kinds of drinks that they used to bury mm-hmm. along with their treasures. Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. was an original lyric. Okay. But we're going to leave that one out. Okay. Um, and. Um, and I always ask the audience, what helps you through the day? Okay. Coffee. So, oh, okay. And that works. A call and response. We got it again? Um, it's not exactly call and response here. <laughs> You'll get it. <laughs> but but we're going to put coffee in. There we go. Okay, so. Oh, we will roll the old chariot along. We'll roll the old chariot along. We'll roll the old chariot along. And we'll all fall in behind. And a little bit of 
coffee's gonna help us on the day. A little bit of coffee's gonna help us on our way. A little bit of coffee's gonna help us on our way. And we'll all fall in behind. All right, George, what helps you through the day? <laughs> I, I have the same addiction she does. Doodling. Yeah. <laughs> doodling helps you through the okay, day. Okay, yeah, the other thing is doodling. doodling. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, a little bit of doodling's gonna help us through the day. A little bit of doodling's gonna help us on our way. A little bit of doodling's gonna help us on the doodling, not doodling. Help us on our way, and we'll all fall in behind. And we will roll the old chariot along. We'll roll the old chariot along. We'll roll the old chariot along, and we'll all fall in behind. Wow, that's oh, great. Thank it. you. Swabbing the deck to that. I, can. I wish we had more time, but we are rapidly running out of time. Is there one or two things that are coming up this week that you got to talk about? The Allens are here on Monday. That's We've right. talked yes. with them. They'll be at the main branch at six. Or no, I'm sorry. They'll be at the Orange Branch at six thirty. Uh, Wolves will be at the Delaware Main Library on Tuesday at two. Uh, Percy's making some appearances. He's popping up at story times this week. And uh, JPC Allen is going to be at Ostrander on Thursday at two o'clock, teaching teens how to write. Speaking of pirates, Tailwise is back this coming Friday, a week from today, at the Orange Branch at 2 o'clock to do their Pirates Lost at Sea story. And you can always find out everything that's going on by going to DelawareLibrary.org slash events. That's right. So please do that. Thank you so much, Joni. That was so much fun. Joni Calum is going to be uh, coming up on uh, July 27th at the Delaware Library. We look forward to seeing you then. Thank you for being a guest today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Gage, for the work behind the board. Sure. Nicole, as always, it's a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thanks to our friends at the library, and we will see you in the stacks.